At Kroger, we know the minute a tomato is picked, the fresh timer starts. The sooner we get our produce to you, the fresher it is. That's why we've shortened the time from harvest to home for our tasty tomatoes, strawberries, and salads. So no matter how you shop, you have more time with your fresh produce. Kroger, fresh for everyone. And now, shop what you love and save $2 on each participating item when you buy three or more with your card. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Welcome to Let's Talk About It with Taylor Nolan. I am your host, Taylor, and today I am here with another family member in the Bachelor world. I'm here with Kayla. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Taylor. Yeah, of course. Um, I'm excited to talk today. We're going to get into some anxiety stuff. Um, And so thank you for being like open and willing to come on and talk about this stuff because it's not always easy. No, it isn't, but I appreciate you having me. I haven't spoken to anybody about this actually really yeah oh my goodness well <laughs> thank you <laughs> this is my session event um but yeah I think it's something I've faced for um you know eight years mm-hmm. ever since um I was in high school um but you learn to overcome it on your own sometimes and I think that's yeah. what I did yeah. yeah so first time talking about it in a public way in a public way yes. yeah yeah okay and I know like you've talked a little bit about it on your social media mm-hmm. um and I'm curious like what that experience has been like for you when you have talked about it um the number one thing for me when I talk about something personal like this is I think about if it's going to affect other people mm-hmm. and what is my boyfriend going to think what's my family going to yeah. think because I never want them to feel blamed mm-hmm. um, but it's something that I've wanted to speak about for a while because yeah. everyone's always seen one side of me mm-hmm. the happy positive yes. optimistic side which I love being because that is yeah. who I am but there's a inner um, you know there's other parts cloud. to you there's other parts to me too yeah. exactly yeah well, so, yeah. so yeah it was really yeah liberating and I did it a couple couple weeks ago okay well, amazing. I mean, thank you for doing it. I'm sure that there were a lot of people that could relate to it. And yes. again, you always have like amazing content. And so it just is, it was like easy to read and was super cute. <laughs> and I love how you like laid it out with like, you know, easy ways to kind of cope with anxiety when it does come up. Um, but this kind of like started at the beginning here. Totally. So this kind of started coming up eight years ago. What did that look like? What was going on? So, um, to give you a little background, yeah. um, I grew up in Ohio, Cleveland, Ohio, but my parents moved 17 times before college. Yeah. So I moved every time, every year until high school. And then junior and senior year of mm-hmm. high school, I went to boarding school. And um, I lived alone and I just felt a lot of inner pressure to um, perform and be, mm-hmm. and be okay on, on my own, yeah. even though I was alone. And so I... Um, I didn't know what I was feeling. I just thought mm-hmm. it was just hormones and something mm-hmm. I naturally went through. But it wasn't until um, college that I really started feeling more and more anxiety. And I think it, mm-hmm. it relates to pressure yeah. and stress. Um, I think the climax of my anxiety happened after I filmed the show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't yeah. want to make this all about the show because that isn't who I am like yeah. to my core. But, but it, it was it's a, a big experience. It yeah. impacts you in a lot of ways. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a life event. And um, I started getting anxiety because I didn't want to disappoint my parents mm-hmm. who before I went on the show, they said like, don't disappoint us, you oh. know? And I think I had this fear of disappointment. Yeah. And when I got back, I remember 
you know, having all these feelings Mm -hmm. and then not knowing what to deal, do with it and feeling like the world didn't understand me. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I would just, I lived in Boston at the time after the bachelor and I would just, you know, be alone (laughs) in my own apartment and deal with it that way. Yeah. Um, and so what did it like look like? Like, how did you know that you were experiencing, you know, some severe, intense anxiety? I mean, we all kind of, you know, feeling anxious is a normal feeling that we all experience. Yes. But how did you know kind of when it started to really present itself as like this severe anxiety? Okay. So like, I guess the deepest anxiety I've ever felt was after my second season of The Bachelor. Fast forwarding mm-hmm. even more time. This yeah. is Bachelor in Paradise. Um, I filmed it over the summer and I remember getting back and coming back to my apartment and there would be like five days at a time where I wouldn't leave my bed. Yeah. I was that sad where I felt like no matter how much I had to get done, mm-hmm. like I couldn't do it. Like it would never get done. So why yeah. even try? And so I felt like my bed in my studio apartment in New York City was an island Mm -hmm. and no one could reach me. And it it got really embarrassing. Like people don't really know this, but I let my house get really cluttered Mm -hmm. and I almost created a wall around myself physically on the floor and on, you know, on my shelves. And I just felt like I was alone and, and there was no one to talk to. Yeah. And... And then that's when I knew, and it was just how I felt in my heart and that mm-hmm. anxiety and that pressure, like I could never release it. And so I knew it was a mental thing. Yeah. Um, and honestly, that happened for, it lasted for six, seven months. Mm-hmm. And that was really up until last January. Yeah. I was, I call it my blue period. Because mm-hmm. I, I don't think I get depressed. I would never use something as severe as that unless I'm mm-hmm. diagnosed. But I definitely went through blue period where I would get fits of anxiety every other week or, um, Mm -hmm. just not be able to, um, like let go of this pressure in my heart and I'd want to be alone and Mm -hmm. isolate myself. Yeah. And, um, and to get out of that, I tried to do the wrong things, Mm -hmm. which was, I tried to find answers from other people. Yes. And so I would go on dates. So I think that whole six seven mm-hmm. months and I would go on dates with like as if it was a sport and I went on like mm-hmm. four or five dates a week and I would ask each yeah. man at the end of the date like so what how do you think I did what did you what it was our first date and I'd be like so what did you think of me <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah and searching for that approval exactly that and I would want them to say what I can improve on that was always yeah. one thing I would want to walk away with like what do you think I could do better mm-hmm. but literally guys have no idea yeah. And also it's the first time they're meeting you. Yeah. So I don't know why I was giving them all mm-hmm. of that credit. Yeah. You're giving their opinion a lot of weight into what you were worth. hundred percent. And, and I think that's also because I was used to the whole year before that having other people dictate mm-hmm. how my life was going to be lived. Yeah. So I was so confused. Especially, I mean, when you're on the show, you are given constant feedback. Mm-hmm constant feedback it feels like a personal therapist feels like someone that mm -hmm. knows you Mm -hmm. your heart is always with you yes and then you get the feedback of all of america and you get that comparison as well and i think that that contributes a lot to the like what can i do better 
How can I be better? Yes. Because I'm trying to be this and this is what I've been told is better. Mm-hmm. And yeah. yeah. And what have I been doing wrong? But then mm-hmm. I realized I was blaming myself for, mm-hmm. you know, for nothing that I did wrong. Yeah. You know, for being who I am. Mm-hmm. And I will say like anxiety is a personal personally induced sometimes mm-hmm. or it's exacerbated mm-hmm. yeah you know it's nothing that really um we can't deal with without looking in, mm-hmm. inside ourselves yeah that wasn't very eloquent if you want to cut that out. <laughs> <Sorry. Okay. laughs> it's okay <laughs> like trying to think we're, of the words, words are hard like, and like talking about something like this you know i think Again, there's a lot of that pressure, especially yes. when talking about anything related to and mental health. And I'm not health. medically trained, and so I don't. Yeah, you're just and and you're sharing about something very personal right now. Yeah. So <laughs> thank <that's> you. Totally, <laughs> totally it's okay that it's not you know 100 percent right, and and honestly, there is no right or wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think it's it's really interesting um, to hear. You know, I think I can relate to some of the things that you're sharing. Yeah. Um, you know, I think there was a period of my life in dating where I felt very similarly of like, you know, okay, I didn't, I wouldn't ever ask them that explicitly, but I would always reflect on that a lot of like, what could I have done better? Like, yeah. how can I be better? And going on the dates was a way to like fill that void, mm-hmm. to fill, like to try to, you know, ease that anxiety with the comfort of connection. Yes. And that's a very dangerous road to go down. It is very dangerous. <laughs> and then I think there's always a point where maybe not you hit a low, mm-hmm. but where you really make a decision to turn your life around. Yeah. And um, yeah. And then after that, I literally, you know, did the blogger thing and made a list mm-hmm. of all the little <laughs> buckets that I wanted to fix, yeah. which first was my home. It's like... Mm-hmm. You know, your home is a reflection of your heart. And if it's cluttered, then your mind is cluttered. Yeah. And so I simplified and I hired an interior organizer and she helped me get rid of everything. Yeah. Wow. And I felt good again. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely one way to to cope and and like to clean up your Mm -hmm. life literally. Yes. Physically. (laughs) Cleaning up your life. Um, Throughout any of this time... um, you know, even from when like you were moving to a different place every year, mm-hmm. like that's, that's a lot, especially in all of those different developmental stages. Was there ever a time during any of that where like you sought professional help or professional help was like provided for you? Yeah. In college, um, I went to BC and my, um, my junior year I went and saw a therapist, yeah. which in my family like mm-hmm. wasn't really done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> my parents are very religious and I, I love them for it. Um, mm-hmm. But they always said that we could deal with our issues as a family and we always talk through yeah. everything. And so take, like listening to an outsider, um, I think was almost viewed as wrong a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I went to see a therapist, I felt so much release. Yeah. And I just felt kind of mm-hmm. like understood yeah. Quickly by another person, which was really nice. That's really good. I'm glad that that yeah. was there and I'm glad that um, it seemed like it was a positive experience. Um, I think that's really common, though, that there is this stigma around, you know, seeking help because it's, you know, your problem or it's a, f- a problem with the family to deal with. But that's sometimes it takes a little bit more than that. It does. I totally agree. And 
I like even moving to New York City again. Mm-hmm. I recommend anyone who moves for the first time they should get a therapist <laughs> um, to a big city because um, there's a lot of new factors you have to take or take into account. Yeah. And so, is there anything that you can you know from thinking back to that that like you learned like a way to cope from that or things that you took away from that experience from when you were in in college and, and seeking that help. Um, visualization was a big tip. They used to say when I had like anxiety, like severe anxiety where Mm -hmm. I felt like I couldn't, you know, control my own body. And Mm. I would, they would just say like, lie down and visualize a drop of water, like one at a time dripping on your head and taking a deep breath with Mm. that and just releasing, um, pressure and feeling the beads of water, like dissipate Mm. on your face as if that's the pressure. Mm. and I still do it and it really helps. Yeah. Um, I mean, beautiful and very relaxing mm -hmm. to think about. Yeah. Yeah. And what's nice is you can take that with you wherever you are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there's something that you still practice today to deal with it. Um, And there were some other things uh, that you had kind of shared about what it looked like, the, the deep anxiety but it almost kind of sounds like that was a little bit of depression too. And I know you said that you don't like, <laughs> yeah. don't like that word or, or don't <laughs> yeah, want I don't to... want to identify with that word, but you're yeah. right. Maybe it was. Mm-hmm. And you... I, I never talked to anyone about it. So I didn't like, mm-hmm. I, unless someone validated it, I would never put that word upon myself. Yeah. And I mean, you can certainly experience a period of depression and not necessarily be clinically depressed. Um, you know, there's different, uh, different, uh, subcategories of major depressive disorder. And Mm -hmm. one of those is like episodic. So episodic, however you want to say it. Um, and I think I know it's very common post show for those six months post show that like it's really fucking hard to do things sometimes. <laughs> yeah. And it's really hard to get out of like that bubble of you're not good enough, of the comparison, of, you know, where do you find your worth? Where does your life go from here? And really just feeling kind of paralyzed with all of it. And, you know, at least from my experience and from hearing how you described it, you know, with not being able to get out of bed, not being able to like, just no motivation to do anything. No. Like I can relate the literally the, the whole January, <laughs> February, March. I mean, by March, I kind of was like getting out doing stuff, mm-hmm. but I was in bed all day. Yeah. All day. And, and I'd wake up crying and just, Yeah. Me too. 100% me too. And I kind of appreciate you saying that because I didn't know that it was like episodic. I thought you were just diagnosed and that's, Mm -hmm. I like, I've seen depression in my family and I would Mm -hmm. never compare myself to that, but it probably was episodic Mm -hmm. and, um, yeah, really hard to deal with. Yeah. And I mean, especially when, you know, again, feeling depressed is a feeling that you can feel just like feeling anxious, but Mm -hmm. not necessarily generalized anxiety disorder and not necessarily major depressive disorder. But when it, when it spans for that long of a time and is that consistent Mm -hmm. and is, you know, following with a bunch of other, uh, uh, criteria for the disorder, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's, I think it, it can be hard because, 
there is that stigma and you don't necessarily want to be attached to what that label is. Right. And there might be some pushback against that, especially I can see where like if, you know, if with your family, there's mm-hmm. already that pressure there, it's not just a point, And that maybe if there was a diagnosis of that, that that would be like, I'm a disappointment. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that, you know, again, with those like there's treatment available. There's things you can do. Like totally. it's not necessarily a forever thing, depending on what, you know, the diagnosis is. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and I think you've already kind of been able to see that by knowing that like you can come out of that blue period. Yes. And yeah. <laughs> I love that you call it a blue period. Um, you know, one thing is like, uh, through my background, you know, working with kids a little bit, I didn't really do a lot of work with kids, but some, yeah. and, even with adults, I, I prefer doing it this way where like you refer to the emotions as different colors. I love that. As opposed that. to like negative or positive. It's just yeah. like, nope, these are just colors. Yes. <laughs> and to say that you're like feeling blue or, you know, I'm starting to feel really red right now. Like <laughs> that's so funny. I actually say that sometimes like I'm feeling gray, which is mm-hmm. like, it's not happy or sad. It's just blah. Yeah. And that's not blue. Mm-hmm. It's gray. Yes. <laughs> There's <That's>, a difference. <laughs> but normally I'm a yellow. It's my favorite color. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And, but, but I mean, I love that you were able to like, look at that as like, this was a blue period in my life. And Mm -hmm. sometimes you'll have blue days. Um, and, and it's interesting because when when I think of blue, I think of like feeling depressed Yeah, as opposed to like feeling really anxious. Mm -hmm. I don't know what color I would think for anxious. (laughs) (laughs) It is a, maybe it's a shade of blue. It might be a shade of blue. For me, it almost feels a little bit like a like an orange. Yeah. Like an overwhelming orange. I could see that. Yeah. It's, because sometimes, yeah, anxious is like a little flutter and there's like action and that's almost red. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But speaking of colors, there's this like blue mug that I just got in my uh, FabFitFun spring editors box. And it's a Aisha Curry mug and it says, I'd rather stay in bed and totally goes along with this whole blue feeling. Um, But I'm absolutely obsessed with this mug. And also in the FabFitFun spring editor box, there's this eyeshadow from Tarte and it has like these beautiful shades of nude that like I love and I'm obsessed with. And it's like the perfect little size too. Um, but what I love about these boxes is that they're actually all delivered in full size items of fashion, of beauty, of home and fitness, um, and even wellness products too. So don't worry if you missed the seasonal box because here's this great spring editor's box with favorites from spring and other past seasons. The spring editor's box has a lot more customized options from a clutch to eyeshadow to tote to lip gloss. Getting my first box was super exciting and I love every time I get a new box because I'm like, what's going to be inside it? And I know Kayla, you get these too and they are so fun to have and so fun to like open up and even all the products in them, like I use them on a regular basis. So if you guys are slacking and haven't signed up yet, it's not too late. You can use my code to get $10 off your first box. Use promo code TAYLOR for $10 off the editor's box. That's $39.99 for over $200 worth of value. Go to fabfitfun.com to subscribe and use my code TAYLOR. Try FabFitFun today. Go to fabfitfun.com to subscribe and start getting in the box for a life well-lived. Use promo code TAYLOR to get $10 off your first box. That's products valued at $200 for only $39.99. What a bargain. 
Again, you guys should go to FabFitFun.com and use my code Taylor to get $10 off your first FabFitFun box. But I'm glad that the colors brought that up. So now you guys can go to FabFitFun.com and use my code Taylor to get $10 off your first FabFitFun box. But getting back to the show, I do want to say I'm really thankful that you're like talking about this and hopefully with me sharing a little bit, it like makes it it more normal because I think, you know, I appreciate it a hundred percent because I, I haven't talked about this with anybody and to hear your perspective and you do have a background that's like clinically trained, which is really refreshing to have somebody that knows what they're talking about. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thanks. Thanks. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm, and, and I didn't necessarily experience the same kind of pressure that you've spoken about. Mm-hmm. And I can totally see where that would lead you to, and then in addition, the experience of the show, but to experiencing, you know, this anxiety and, and depression. Um, what other ways, like when you were younger, did you cope with it? I know we talked about like the dating part a little bit, but like yeah. how, and I imagine, I mean, I moved a few times. It wasn't every year, but I moved at very like critical points in my life. And yeah. it was a lot. Yes. It was a lot. It was a lot. <laughs> um, for me, like as a child dealing with change constantly, mm-hmm. I mean, I always turned to my parents and I'm so lucky because yeah. they were my foundation. And, you know, some of us can't help who our parents are, mm-hmm. but I'm really lucky that my parents were always very open with me yeah. and they, they always made it sound like a family decision. And they Hmm. said that if we, you know, move here, there's a great adventure ahead and together it'll make us stronger. And so it was always a positive thing to me. And I still look at change as a good thing. Mm -hmm. And that's why I almost want to move out of my small studio apartment now because (laughs) I I see as change is like growing Mm -hmm. and our family was constantly growing as a team and as a unit. And so I think as a child, the best thing to do is talk it out. Mm And we talk every day. And so I'm really lucky that I had that open relationship with my family. And when you were asking about in college, what other steps Mm -hmm. they asked, they recommended to deal with anxiety. I think there were four main ones that I talk about Mm -hmm. on my Instagram. The first one was kind of visualization. Mm -hmm. Um, They spoke about another one was um, feeling something like physical. Mm -hmm. So whether I lay flat on the ground and feel, you know, and just focus on that touch with yeah. the ground or walking outside. It's kind of like mindfulness. Yes, practicing. mindfulness mm-hmm. and like feeling the wind on you. And then second is asking yourself if your feeling is rational. Mm-hmm. Um, Reality check. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like why am I feeling tension that my ex-boyfriend is dating someone new? Like mm-hmm. why is that giving me anxiety? Yeah. Is this rational? No, mm-hmm. it's not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the third thing was... Um, yeah, just put on music and keep moving and mm-hmm. being productive yeah. and taking action, um, mm-hmm. whether it's going on a run or just feeling. And, and then once you're out of that little blue period that you feel like you've checked something off mm-hmm. and you can be proud of something. There's a book that Nick, my boyfriend, actually recommended to me and it's called Making Your Bed. And I read it mm-hmm. and it's really short. If you're out there, you have to read this book, Making mm-hmm. Your Bed. It's by um, a Marine or a Navy SEAL. I forget which one. I apologize. Yeah. <laughs> but um, anyway, he said that one of the secrets of success is making your bed every day. Mm. And the reason of that is um, because you feel like you got one task done. Mm. Even though it takes about 15 seconds, yeah. you can give yourself a pat on the back. And when you go to bed at night, you can feel like you took care of yourself. Mm-hmm. So no matter what you can do, the greatest thing you can do for yourself is make your bed, mm. which is very cool. Yeah. Yeah. I like are, that. Those are a It's very simple. There's um 
there's a meme that I don't even know if you'd call it a meme. It's a quote. <laughs> yeah. It's a photo that I saved on Instagram. Um, that's like, sometimes, you know, it's okay if all you did was breathe today. I love that. That's like, if you just focused on your breathing for a little bit throughout the day, that like, sometimes that's the, mo- that's the most you can do. And sometimes that's okay to give yourself that. But yeah, because honestly, sometimes it, is really hard to actually be productive and like get anything done in the day. I mean, especially like going to the doctor, like if you have to go do a test at the doctor or something, like sometimes that it just can feel like so much to be doing in a day. Like you have to, you know, schedule an appointment. It's going to be really expensive and all that can just feel so overwhelming. Um, I'm really glad that for my my testing that I need done, I've been able to use Everly Well. It's a at-home health testing company. You can get a variety of tests from like food sensitivity to metabolism to a thyroid test. Um, They're all like private, simple, and they're done through like you know, legit certified labs. So it's like information you can actually trust. Um, and it's super easy. Like you just pick which test you want to do. It gets shipped to your doorstep and then you collect your sample and mail it back out. And then in a few days you get your results back. Um, I took the food sensitivity test and gained a whole lot of insight from that about my body. And, and it was just such a quick, easy way to do this kind of testing when there's so many other things going on in your life. So when I do actually have a code for them, you guys can use code Taylor uh, to take 15% off your first order at everlywell.com to do these at-home tests and to learn more about your health. Um, Again, you can head to everlywell.com and use code Taylor for 15% off your first order. So I mean, whether it's, you know, taking an at-home test or making your bed. I really like that. I feel like that can be synonymous with making your bed, just taking a few deep breaths, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You felt like there's something that you can Mm -hmm. control. Yeah. Um, and I'm, the, the pressure piece that you spoke about, I think I kind of want to dig into a little bit. Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, let's do it. (laughs) Cause I'm just thinking, you know, Uh, I think a lot of people when they think of anxiety, that there's this overwhelming feeling and that oftentimes that is associated with a feeling of pressure. Um, you know, I've gotten a lot of letters from people who are like in high school and in college and are like, there's so much pressure to do this and do that. And I feel like I need to be this. And, um, it it sounds like, especially throughout your life and then even going on the show that 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 pressure of like I can't disappoint other people yes like that would cause so much anxiety Mm -hmm. and where you think that like stems from or where you can like remember to feeling like you know you have to live up to something and and what that something is even I I mean in terms of pressure I think you also, you learn a lot of these traits from your parents. Yeah. To go back to, (laughs) don't mean to talk (laughs) about my parents all the time. No, they play a big role. I mean, Freud had some things, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, in terms of development, they're your role models. Mm -hmm. They set the example for you. And both of my parents were role models for success. Yeah. And they said, even if you're a garbage man, you're going to be the best garbage man there is. And Mm -hmm. you could choose whatever life you want, but you're going to be the best at it. And that's what my parents always, um, 
instilled in me. And so I really took that to heart. And I always wanted to show gratitude because Mm -hmm. they gifted me such a great loving life that I never wanted to let them down. Mm -hmm. I always wanted to be happy. And like, I moved a lot and my brother, he, um, my brother was severely like depressed in high school and in college. Mm -hmm. And, um, to, to, scary levels Mm -hmm. where I knew that my parents were always worrying about him. And so I, I never wanted them to worry about me. So that's Mm -hmm. why I was always the happy one, always the positive one. And you know, I, and I, and it felt good to be that. And so they, I never let them see my flaws. And so Mm -hmm. that pressure to be perfect, I think started there. Just seeing the contrast and the yin and the yang between my Mm -hmm. brother and I, and I love my brother. I think he's overcome a lot because he, um, moving just was different for him. Mm-hmm. It was a lot harder. Mm-hmm. He was a foot shorter than everyone and everyone picked on him. I think, yeah, there was a lot of pressure. In high school, I saw it as pressure. Mm-hmm. Now I think it, I see it as developmental. Um, and, and It's like it, an opportunity for, right, de- for to development. St- exactly. Mm-hmm. I think it was good for me to really stand up and, mm-hmm. and face that inner pressure um, yeah. in high school. So... I don't look at it as a bad thing now, but I did feel pressure starting then. Yeah. And it it makes sense too that with seeing the depression in your brother that you would, you know, that, that, that essentially becomes your image of what depression is. Yes. And knowing that that's not what you're going through. It's like, no, that's not me. I'm not, yes. I'm not, I'm not that. Um, so this like disassociation towards, you know, maybe even the feeling of feeling depressed. Um, and you know, it's... I just can't, like, I, I feel for you in a way that, like, that's so, that's, that's a lot to overcompensate for, mm-hmm. you know? And that, like, I almost for, felt like I was holding my parents together. Yeah. Yeah. Because that, they, because I know that they, parents, people don't realize this. They have so, they have way more pressure than we do. Yeah. They're, they're, they they made this life. Yeah, they're they responsible wanted, for human yes, life. <laughs> they want to make sure that you turn out well. And so yes. I never wanted my parents to feel burdened by me. And so I always yeah. tried to take the burden off of them. Yeah. And that's not your responsibility. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you would be a great producer on the show. <laughs> no, I've always said that. Seriously, this my is producer. A, just I'm... in case anybody is out there, this is exactly what producers did. We did yeah. stuff called ITMs, which mm-hmm. are called In the Moments, which are little yeah. interviews. They feel like little therapy sessions. Yes. And they you do. have like little on-camera interviews mm-hmm. like four or five times a day. Yeah. And this is exactly what you did for one yeah. hour is talk about whatever you wanted to. Yeah. And whatever made you who yep. you are today. And yes. so anyway, you'd be a great <laughs> producer on The Bachelor. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. I don't know if I could do it with like the motives that they... I, I don't know. I don't know. It, it'd be... At least this part. Yes. It would be great. Yes. Um, but yeah, I just, you know, I want to like hug you and like let you know that especially like Kayla in high school and mm-hmm. in middle school and in college and... I'm, I'm sure you're in a different place now, but that, like, that's not your responsibility. Totally. That, like, I I want for you to just be able to feel however you feel. And if you feel sad and if you feel depressed and if you feel like, you know, you're a blogger. Maybe you're not the best blogger, but, like, <laughs> that, that's okay. Like, like that, you're still good enough. Mm-hmm. Like, you're still you and you still have value and you're still, like worthy of love and that doesn't make you any less 
if you're not the best. Totally. And I think that that whole period of my, like in high school, I felt really sad and that pressure, or I just, and in high school, I felt that pressure to perform and be perfect. And I think I, that resurfaced Mm -hmm. when the show came about. Absolutely. And that's when I, all those feelings came mm-hmm. up again because at the same time a lot of people don't know this but I was considered to be almost considered to be bachelorette yeah and so every dress that Jojo wore mm-hmm. I had tried on and I went through this whole three-month process with trainers and flying out to LA and not that I you know all of my hopes and dreams were set on that but when you have certain expectations you're mm-hmm. you're of course going to be disappointed when it ch- goes the yeah. other way and I'm completely happy for every for Jojo and how my life turned out but mm-hmm. I think it definitely affected me internally thinking that I wasn't good enough and like, what did I do wrong Mm -hmm. that I wasn't chosen to be this person? Absolutely. And, and that still lasted into going into paradise because I still Mm -hmm. wanted answers. Yeah. And then going into paradise, I will say I, I wasn't the person I wanted to be. Mm -hmm. And so I let myself down and that's when I came back from paradise, when I really felt that blue period, that anxiety, Mm -hmm. um, debilitating anxiety, constantly where I felt, um, and I'd never, I I, I'd felt hate, whether it was from a person or from the world, I'd never felt intense hate before. And I just, I just thought, because you've always been this like very yellow, (laughs) happy, positive person that people aren't going to like put that on you. And, and in a way, in a way, I, I almost see where that could be like a protective defense 100%. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> to avoid that that kind of hate. But but yeah, after Paradise, then you started experiencing that. Again. And then, um, and then I, yeah, I've tried to find validation through other people. And then, and then one day, honestly, I don't know if people don't want to hear this, but I went to church and mm-hmm. I... I found answers in a higher power and I'm just so much happier. Mm -hmm. I was so much happier because of that. And I mean, if there's one thing that I leave your audience with or you with, like Mm -hmm. that I learned as the greatest lesson in life that I learned is that there's pillars in life. Mm -hmm. And basically I visualize each significant moment that like there are periods in your life where you make a big decision where you can go left or right. And that is a pillar. Mm -hmm. And and then there's life before that pillar and life after that pillar and you yeah. control who you are and you can make new pillars and be that new person. And so, for example, there's life before the show mm-hmm. and life after the show. Yep. And then I was really sad because I didn't see anything else. And then there's life before I got baptized and life after mm-hmm. I got baptized. And then I was really happy. And then there's life um, before I met Nick and now there's life after I met Nick yeah. and he is my most recent pillar and I've Mm -hmm. never been happier in my life but um anyway you can redefine who you Mm -hmm. are by making a new decision that betters yourself yeah that you have control over you and that you can empower yourself to make those decisions to be the best version of you to Mm -hmm. you know step forward in a new path in your life um and so it sounds like this um, experience with church and with religion was a way to help yeah. like um, come to perhaps a different a different part or a different path for Kayla post show yes and post blue period 100 <laughs> percent yeah can you share a little bit about that and like what that was like and what that's done for you totally you want to talk about religion 
I mean, is that how, a thing? how has it impacted you? <laughs> oh my God. There's nothing, um, you know, off boundaries okay. here or off limits here. I will say, Taylor, normally it's so taboo to talk about religion. And That's I never, why we're here to talk about it. We're yeah. here to talk about the taboo, <laughs> Kayla. <laughs> I mean, I've always, I've never wanted to offend anybody and it's just my personal beliefs. But yeah. um, hey, yeah. and even if you do offend someone... <laughs> That's totally okay because I, yeah. you're speaking your truth. Totally. And, you and I'm proud of it. that without having to censor yourself to help make other people feel comfortable. Because if someone else feels uncomfortable, that's for them to deal with. Yes. Totally so true. Speak your truth. <laughs> Thanks, girl. Um, yeah. So, I, so, in terms of religion, I was a little background in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, I just was very rebellious. My parents had brought me up in a strict Christian household. Mm -hmm. I'd gone to church every weekend and I wasn't feeling it Mm -hmm. because I felt like, um, sometimes they would put God before our family in in a way. And, and to me that didn't make sense. Mm -hmm. Um, but everyone has their own interpretation of religion. So when I rebelled in high school, um, I'd really just close the door Mm -hmm. on religion and, it wasn't until I moved to New York City for the first time, which was two years ago, that um, I kind of wanted a little consistency in my life. Yeah. So I found a church called Hillsong in New York City that's amazing. And every Sunday I would go to church, even though I didn't really know why I was going. Mm-hmm. I was just, I just loved the inspirational speeches. The songs yeah. were great and mm-hmm. the people were nice. And even yeah. though I wasn't fully believing in God, I wanted something that I could look forward to. So Mm -hmm. I went and then after a year of going, Mm -hmm. there was one sermon that I felt like, like the, like God was really speaking to me. Yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh, I was like (laughs) crying the whole time. I was like, this is why I've been coming. I've been waiting for this moment. Mm -hmm. This is why I'm supposed to be here. And anyway, a little funny story before that, I was at a diner Mm -hmm. where I asked the waiter to like charge my cell phone. Mm -hmm. So he plugged into the wall and, um, it was right before church on Sunday. And then I ended up going to church and forgetting my cell phone in the, Mm. um, restaurant. And then I was like, Oh shit, I should go get it. I don't (laughs) want anyone to steal my phone. (laughs) Um, but I felt like it was a really good message. And so I was Mm -hmm. kind of like feeling this inner conversation with God saying like, I kind of don't want to lose my phone, Lord. Would yeah. you would you hate me if I went? Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, Kayla, you better stay in that seat. You better stay in that seat now. And I was like, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna be bad. Yeah. So I went to go get my phone and I'd get out of the charger and it was dead because they hadn't even plugged it in. <laughs> and I was like, Mother effer, you're kidding me. Yeah. And then I was like, That's God saying, like, you should have listened to me, you should yeah. stay in your seat. And so I left the phone in there and just trusted him and let it charge and went back to church. And mm-hmm. then the rest of the sermon was amazing and it felt like it was meant to be for me. And so, you know, for people who say like, I don't know if I hear God, I don't know if he's talking to me. Like that is one moment where I felt like he was speaking to me and saying like, you should have listened. And I was like, okay, okay, okay. (laughs) Um, but it's little things like that where, um, I've, I felt like my relationship grown stronger, has grown stronger and mm-hmm. I feel protected by him. And, mm-hmm. and especially when I used to ask for answers from other men, like what am yeah. I doing wrong? Um, now I just pray. And, mm-hmm. and even though sometimes I don't hear a voice, sometimes a song will come on and it'll speak to me. Yeah. And kind of funny, one more anecdote mm-hmm. about yeah. this. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> um, when I was in the car deciding, so my dad has always been against doing paradise okay, because he thinks it's the most shameful thing on earth. He's like, okay. it's so embarrassing. Yeah. 
it's just a joke. People don't take mm-hmm. you seriously. It's not really for love. And I was like, I'm going to prove you wrong, dad. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know where I was going with my life, but mm-hmm. I was in the car arguing with him about this. Um, and he had finally seen, oh, sorry. Do you mind if I started the story over? <laughs> okay. This is before Paradise or? So, sorry. This is, so I had done one season of Paradise. Okay. And I was debating doing a second season of Paradise. Okay. And he was like, my dad said, you didn't learn the first time. <laughs> you didn't learn that this show is horrible for you. It's embarrassing. Um, mm. it, you won't have a good experience. And um, anyway, I just wanted to feel like I was in control of my life. So whether yeah. I said yes or no, that it was my decision. And still kind of that like rebellious side coming in a little bit too, maybe. of like, <laughs> yes. Let me show you. <laughs> totally. And you know, my dad's a really understanding guy and we've always been, a, we're like best friends. We've mm-hmm. been able to talk through everything. And so at the end of the conversation, he was like, you know, Kayla, I love you and you've mm-hmm. been in control of your life and I know you're going to make the best decision for you yeah. no matter what. And then while we were in the car on the radio, there was a song that came on called Death to the Bachelor. And I what? literally looked at my dad and was like... Do you hear this? <laughs> like, what's going on right now? And I feel like that was a sign for me, too. Yeah. You know, that was God talking to me, saying, like, it's time for you to put this to rest. Mm-hmm. And it was really validating. And I've always felt free from the show since that moment in life. Yeah. Hmm. And that, for you, felt like a form of, like, God's intervention. 100%. Or, like, a message from God. I totally. Yeah. And since then, I've just felt a lot more at peace. Yeah. Well, and I'm, I'm glad to hear where it sounds like the relationship that you've developed with God, um, almost in a way like to cope, I guess, with a lot of the things that have happened and yes. to um, better get in touch with yourself, I guess. And a little bit of what I hear is like having trust in what you're doing. Like it, the messages from him almost validate for you to like trust your gut in a way. Yes. Um, and that that you have this sense of like protection where you were maybe trying to protect yourself and wanted someone else to be there mm-hmm. to like lift that responsibility and to lift that pressure off of you. You are so right. I, I didn't okay. even think of it that way, but you're, I think, you know, finding, building this relationship with the church, I've really felt more confidence mm-hmm. in my decisions. Yeah. And that's what I've always wanted. And honestly, like that made me the happiest version of myself to be confident mm-hmm. every day. Yeah. And that's, you know, for people who are looking for someone, not that life's about that. That's mm-hmm. what I think attracted Nick was yeah. that I was so confident and happy. Mm-hmm. And whether I was with somebody or not with somebody, I still felt, yeah. you know, myself and mm-hmm. felt strong. Yeah. And that now the relationship that you were developing wasn't to fill a void or to give you validation, but was right. like just pure connection. Totally. <laughs> this was really awesome, Taylor. <laughs> I feel like a lot of breakthroughs right now. I don't know if you have right. badges, but I feel like we all deserve a badge right now. Five stars. Yes. <laughs> a big gold star. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I think like, I mean, I've, I've learned a lot and I'm like processing some of like my own personal stuff through your story right now and like reflecting on areas where, you know, I could practice some of the things that you've talked about. And so I find that helpful. And I'm sure like some listeners are also doing that now. Um, But, you know, I think for me, 
it's always and even I was actually going back and like looking at some of my like grad school reflection papers in terms yeah. of like being a practicing therapist and um, maybe some students out there who are listening now could relate to this. Um, but I reflected on like I had such this impatience with people that I felt like I couldn't get to know or people that I felt like I couldn't understand. Yeah. And I felt like I like when I watched you on the show, I didn't feel like I had a connection with you and I didn't feel like I like could relate to you. I know. And I feel like a lot of people feel that. Yeah. And they might have. And I think for me, like, and I mean, they aired it a little bit on Women's Tell All and didn't really air a lot of what actually happened in my season. But there was, you know, this relationship with D'Lo and I where like she, you know, was kind of presenting similarly to you of like very yellow, yes. very happy, very positive. And for me, I have a very different personality where I'm like <laughs> just very <laughs> transparent. Like yeah. some days it really fucking sucks. And I'm just like, you know what? No, no, just no. <laughs> and I can be like a little harsh sometimes. Um, and that's just like me trying to be transparent with like my emotions and mm-hmm. coming to the terms and um, re- like releasing that sense of impatience with people and just developing a like curious desire for understanding. Mm-hmm. And so I think like this has been really helpful for me to like see the other sides of you because I can't, yeah. it's hard for me to like connect when all I see is the yellow. Yes. And I agree. I get that. Yeah. And, and so like, I really value and I really appreciate like you because in a way it is letting those walls down. Mm -hmm. It's letting the walls of the yellow down. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Putting them in. They're going to take a break. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just everything else. Yeah. And I will say I've always felt like I know I'm an extrovert and like Mm -hmm. an ENFJ, some call it. But I think I'm I'm an INFJ. I think I'm kind of an INFJ. Mm -hmm. Like I do well in one-on-one conversations. Like my... same. I love connecting with people. Mm-hmm. Like I want to hear everyone's deepest, darkest desires, yeah. but I don't want to do it in a group of 30 people yeah. or tw- even like 10 sometimes yeah. feels overwhelming. Mm-hmm. So when we always interact at parties, yes. I feel like it's really hard to get to know each other. Yeah, I agree. So I apologize because I, I know that's my fault too. No, not at all. Not yeah. me. I'm not even, yeah. don't apologize. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> it's, it's um, I think that's why it is so important to like, develop that curiosity and like to really just try to actually get people get to know people one-on-one because you don't always see that a on a freaking tv show yeah and b you know in group settings because not everyone feels you know the most comfortable like just being totally transparently themselves um and that's always a process that like I value so much of like getting to know someone and like letting those walls down and it means a lot that like a, we get to do it, but then also that, like, we're both open to sharing it with whoever knows how many people on here. <laughs> totally. Um, and I think it's amazing that, you know, you're able to do this in a point of your life where you feel like you are a really great version of yourself and you've reached that place of, like, feeling really confident in who you are. And, um, you know, I think having that also kind of empowers you to be able to, like, share it and feel good about it. And hopefully you feel good about... Oh, I totally feel good about sharing it. Yeah, no, thank you. (laughs) I feel like this was a big breath of fresh air. And I've wanted to speak about this for a long time, but I didn't know anyone would want to hear it. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But but you're right. I feel like now I'm just in a happy place where I feel like I know the ending. Like, this is my ending. Mm -hmm. And so I know 
how I got through it and hopefully helps other people. And, you know, I'm really thankful because you are the one that made the platform for it. Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so Thanks. thank you. This has been really awesome. Yeah. And your whole, I could see why you were really good at what you do. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Can make me cry. Um, <laughs> uh, for people who like want to learn more about you or like check you out, you totally. let people know where they can find you. So I have a blog called withlovekayla.com. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people think my name's confusing to spell, but it's C A I L A. And my handle is also Kayla Quinn. Mm-hmm. So you can find me and hopefully yeah. I can brighten your day on a normal basis. And yeah. if not, we could talk about anxiety and other stuff too. Yeah, absolutely. And like, for me, I mean, bias, my own personal opinion, um, <laughs> you know, I would totally encourage you to share, you know, mm-hmm. more of that, like more of those other colors. Yeah. And I think you'll be pleasantly surprised at people's reactions to you. Yeah. And I think like it it can be so empowering for someone else just to hear that like someone that they look up to on social media who, you know, is this very happy, successful, beautiful, smart person also has days where like feels like shit. Yeah. You know, like I just think that there's something like so powerful in the authenticity of that Mm -hmm. and it doesn't always feel comfortable, but that's where like I always try to encourage like lean into the discomfort, like something Brene Brown talks about all the time and like part of me going on the show was like, oh, I'm going to lean into the discomfort of how freaking vulnerable this is going to be and how much control I have to let go of and all the anxiety that's going to come up. <laughs> Amen, sister. I feel you. Yes. yes. So thank you so much for sharing and, and talking with me. Of course. Thank you, Taylor. Yeah. Thank you, Kayla, for talking with me. And thank you guys for listening. I would love to hear what you guys think of the episode. You guys can leave a review on iTunes and let me know what you're taking away from this week's episode. Uh, definitely keep writing emails at ask.letstalkaboutit at gmail.com. And you can also follow the pod on Instagram at letstalkaboutit underscore podcast. Thanks so much, you guys. Have a great week and I'll talk to you next time. This podcast is brought to you by Wave Podcast Network. Check out all of our shows, including the Brain Candy Podcast, I Don't Get It, Babes and Babies, Coffee Convos, and Let's Talk About It. When you download the Kroger app, you have easy access to savings every day. Shop weekly sales and get personalized coupons to get the most value out of every trip, every time, whether you shop in-store or online. Download the Kroger app now to save big. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Must have a digital account to redeem offers. Restrictions may apply. See site for details. Save big on your favorites with the buy five or more, save a dollar each sale. Simply buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with your card. Kroger, fresh for everyone. 